And hello, welcome back to Lobbycast. Um, we've been to see a little wrestling film uh, called Fighting With My Family. And as is now the current trend, we bumped out of a lobby and found the nearest bar. Um, I say we, I'm joined this week by the lovely cuddly comedian, Mr Oliver Neve. Hello. Hello. How are you, sir? I'm good, how are you? I'm surprisingly well. Brilliant. And I think that's partly down to the film. Um, okay. As I said, yes, we've been to see Fighting My Family, and we've been to see it at the cinema in Norwich. It seems kind of fitting, because that's, that's, that's where it's set. Um, normally at this point, we would kind of sort of talk about the plot of the film, and it's a very hard thing, weirdly, to describe, because it's kind of about a family that do wrestling, and the daughter gets to go to America and do WWE. But it's kind of not about that in a way. Um, probably best if wrestling fan himself, Mr. Oliver, explains more. I will try to do that. Um, yeah, so it's, it's about the family more than anything, really, isn't it? It's about the fact that um, it is a family from Norwich, and it kind of, I think it plays on the fact that it kind of has two separate worlds. You have the, the glamour and the blitz of Florida and the, uh, the wrestling of WWE that plays off against uh, Norwich, which is. I think it's a fair showing. I think it kind of unfairly shows it as a bit more grim than perhaps it is. Oh, I don't know. I thought that the, the scene by the market showed the market off lovely. But it, there's a couple of times they pan past the market. Yeah. So you're very fond of that. But yeah. yeah. It's very strange to sit on the big screen. But yeah. Yeah, it looks bigger on the big screen than it does when you walk through, doesn't <laughs> it? It does, yeah. And less prone to faults, but that's <laughs> something separate. <laughs> I can't remember. Yeah, I think they were, they were standing near one of my favourite vegetables. Anyway, that's not important. Um, yeah, I think... Well, first, first thing that struck me about that, you actually saying about how it contrasts the glamour of America with British wrestling, mm-hmm. is because it's written and directed by Stephen Merchant, mm-hmm. otherwise known as the funny one from The Office. <laughs> yep. um, and I think what he does so well is he... All the scenes set in England are done in that really close, claustrophobic, kitchen sink drama kind of British style of cinema. Yet when we hit Florida, Mm -hmm. you suddenly get these beautiful, sweeping, panoramic shots. I mean, that one where he goes down the beach. Yes. Sweeping right across the sand towards where they're training. It just seems so out of keeping with um, what we'd seen before. But I just thought it really, it really brought to life how big and expansive and bright America can be. Yeah, it's, it's a really lovely contrast. It creates two separate worlds and then kind of clashes them together. And I, I really enjoyed that. About it. Yeah, I thought that was absolutely brilliant. But the thing that really struck me about it, and I say this having recently seen What Men Want. <laughs> okay. Um, which, if you haven't seen that film, don't. Um, is it's a comedy. That is funny. Yes. Yeah. It is laugh out loud funny. Very, yeah. It's a basic requirement for comedy, but it, it does it yeah. very well. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be amazed how many comedy films don't go down that route. Yeah. And as I think, I mean, like, I've seen at the dinner table, and this is one of the things that's in the trailer. Yeah. Um, where Julia Davis, playing slightly against type, I think, but very, very controlled, reserved role, plays it brilliantly. Says, well, wrestling's just all fake, isn't it? And you could almost hear wrestling fans in the audience <laughs> aghast and stiffening <laughs> up at that point. Um, this is, sorry, there's a conversation going on behind us about where people are going to sit. Um, and I think 
One of the other reasons it worked for me, it's one of the reasons why I thought it'd be really cool to talk to you about it, is I know absolutely boggle all about wrestling. Okay. And yet, A, that didn't seem to matter, but I thought it captured that side of it really well as a, as a, as a non-believer, if you will. Yeah. As a fan... Would you agree with that? Um, yeah, I would. I, I think, um, because I was saying that uh, obviously Stephen Merchant has kind of admitted that he wasn't a fan. He didn't really know much about it when he came in and when he was mm. sort of brought on to write it. And at the, at the time I thought, that's brave. You know, you're writing about something you really don't understand. But he's, I think actually it works really well because it gives an outsider's perspective of the world that you're looking at. So it's not just taken from a... There's not, nothing's taken for granted, nothing's assumed in terms of what you know and what you don't know. Everything's an outsider's perspective of the world that someone watching yeah. the film may not actually have seen before. Yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't quite caught on to that perspective, but you're right. They do show it to you in a way that isn't all just for the insider. Mm-hmm. which I think is absolutely fantastic and I think it's worth highlighting two of the central performances Florence Pugh plays Paige and she's not from Norwich nope. but her accent I don't think is too bad it was alright yeah. yeah it slips a couple of times it does it does it, but, it, but she didn't do the comical country yokel accent no um, and the other one a little bit Cornwall at times but yeah, yeah, but, yes, yeah but I mean to be fair if I try and do it I end up in Cornwall very quickly so I think she did a really good job <laughs> but the other guy who really stood out for me and ostensibly the film was about Paige's journey from the shed in Norwich where they train yeah. to the, the, the ring of WWE mm-hmm. but there's another story right alongside it which I think is told just as well and that's the brother's story Yes, and I think Jack Loudon playing the brother nailed that part so perfectly Absolutely, because he goes from being positive to the depths of depression mm-hmm. to coming out the other side a, a better man yes, if you like yeah. And I didn't think that detracted from Paige's story at all. I thought it sat alongside it really well. Yeah, I think it's a few people have been saying it's almost the key to the film. It's like without that story there, it wouldn't be as good a film. It wouldn't no. have that edge to it. It wouldn't have kind of that secondary story to, to, to boost it up. And also to give the contrast to what she's experiencing. Obviously, she's in that world of glitz and glamour and it shows the other side of it. Yeah. The other side. Um, and I think, I think he did really well because that's a character that could have quite easily not been sympathetic. So obviously he's doing some things he's, yes. he's living a I, I suppose I shouldn't say in terms of spoilers but um, he's, um, he's avoiding some of his responsibilities at certain points yes and he gets a little lost he does a little bit and I think you could quite easily look at that character and kind of lose sympathy and, and see him as someone who's doing bad things but the whole way through you, you sort of feel for him you want to follow him and you want to see him do well and I think that's a really difficult balance to get yes totally and I think he did because I'm I'm I've been on a very weird journey with him as an actor very very short space of time because he was in The Long Song on BBC over Christmas he then turns up in Mary Queen of Scots and then he's in this and on every occasion in Mary Queen of Scots and this I looked at him and thought I've seen you in something else and I had to go and look it up oh it's him and he's that good and you forget what he's been before yeah he completely immerses himself in the rough I mean like Best will in the world, Ricky Gervais. It doesn't matter what he's in, you get Ricky Gervais. Yeah. And Stephen Merchant in this is Stephen Merchant in here because it can be, it's his film, it's fine. But Loudon just completely owns it. And I think it's also worth highlighting the biggest shock of this film. Right. A good performance from Vince Vaughn. Okay. 
and I still don't know how you managed to achieve that. He's, he's hit and miss, isn't he? I, yeah. I think we were saying briefly that like, um, when he does comedy performances, they're often not as good, I find, as serious performances. There's someone who's a comic actor, in theory. Yeah, uh, he can't do comedy. <laughs> but his, his serious performances, I always think, are, are often quite, quite amazing. Yeah, well, this is the weird contrast, because having recently watched him in series two of True Detectives, he plays a mafia guy, kind of. But he plays such a cliched mafia guy that the lines are just bone-crushingly awful and they're delivered so soullessly and dead that you can't work out whether it's a direction thing or whether he just is a really, really, really bad actor. Okay. But in this, he was the thing I was looking forward to least in this film. Mm. And I'll be honest with you, I went into this film with no expectations because I didn't want to go and see it. I didn't want to go and listen. I didn't really want to leave the house. And all those things went against me. And yet... He underplays his role. He doesn't gurn it up. He doesn't go over the top. He just underpins everything. And he adds a, a different kind of heart to it, in a way. Yeah, he does, yeah. yeah I mean, I, I think that's one of the things with, with the film in general, that I was expecting something a bit clichéd. I was expecting it was kind of an obvious story, obvious setup, obvious layout. And I thought it would be done in such a clichéd way where everyone was saying things that do make you roll your eyes and kind of say, well... Exactly the kind of lines you're expecting, and that kind of thing, and, and like um, you know, oh, I'm going to smash you up, and all that, that kind of yeah. silly stuff. Um, and it was just such a pleasant surprise that it was, like I say, nuanced. There were depth to the characters. The characters were relatable, and it was really the characters that drove it forward. I think, carried yeah, it along. And Vince totally. Vaughn being one of those was quite surprising. Yeah, just weird. It shouldn't have worked that way. And also, just, I do want to just give a little nod to the soundtrack because the songs included in it are personal favourites because you've got Iron Maiden's Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter <laughs> yeah. you've got um, Motorhead's Born to Raise Hell um, I can't remember the name of the other band um, is it Alabama Thunder Pussy? <laughs> I think it's them Probably. possibly um, but interestingly Graham Coxon off of The Blur does the more instrumental stuff and I think he strikes quite a nice note yeah. with the guitar pieces they don't smack you around the head they underpin things nicely hmm. but the soundtrack album is a must buy okay. because it includes dialogue from the film I'm going to be looking that up <laughs> all, all the best all the best soundtrack films have to include clips from the film Pulp Fiction being yeah, an example exactly yeah. a perfect example um and Four Weddings and a Funeral. Okay. Uh, there's a few others kicking around, but they are few and far between. And they, they make it work so well. And you actually get... You know when Page and her brother meet The Rock? Yes. Yeah. That whole rant he does. Yeah. That's the opening track on the album. Well, it has to be really, doesn't it? Yeah. Suppose it makes sense. And it just works absolutely so well. So... It's funny, and the soundtrack's brilliant, and Vince Vaughn isn't terrible. And I don't think you can get a better, a better endorsement of any film than that. <laughs> I, I mean, I must admit, I was surprised, knowing that you were, were not a fan of wrestling, and were not interested in that world. Don't really understand it. I had fully expected you to come here and say, no. But uh, it's, it's such a great film, it won you over, so it must be doing something right. Well, this is it, and I'm, 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 I'm a borderline cynic, and I, as I said, comedies at the moment there don't seem to be many good ones kicking around and if you, ha if you haven't listened to our hot take on what men want it's, uh, it's, it's, up, it's up moment and go and give it a listen because 
Oh god, that film was just so bad. But Finding the Family was just so so good. Um, in keeping with Baz's rules, we have to do, do certain things. Uh, we done the plot. We done what was in it. We done that we like it. Uh, who's who's your standout performance? Well, I, I, I kind of want to say Stephen Merchant for the way he wrote it, to be honest. That's fair enough. Um, you can do that. Just because um, I think without him writing it, it could have been, like I say, it could have been cliché, it could have been a bit obvious. Um, I think, kind of similar to what you were saying, that it shows what's missing from Ricky Gervais' post-office work, but, and that's kind of the heart of the fact yes. that he's able to create relatable characters that you really want to get behind. Yeah. And even when they're saying kind of awful things at times, you still laugh and chuckle and want to be on their side. So... His writing, I think, is the key to it. But also, we did mention Jack Loudon. I think, in terms of acting performances, I think he's just, he's the real strong one in there that holds the whole thing together for me. Yeah, totally. I we talked about the two main characters and Z, but I'm gonna put an, for me, I'm gonna give a nod to Nick Frost, mm. who plays the dad. Because the other thing this film that struck me about this film was we believing is it's very much the sidekicks coming out and stealing the show. Yes, yeah. Because obviously, Merchant's up until now been kind of just known as the funny one from Ricky DeVos. Mm. And Frost has always been the one standing next to Simon Peck. Yes, yeah. And suddenly he's there on his own and he completely owns every scene he's in and he's completely believable. And he delivers a note perfect comedy slash drama performance. And the scene when Wayne Johnson rings him up. <laughs> yes. He's just. A thing of beauty. And if you're a Norwich fan, you get to see Nick Frost in a Norwich shirt, which the rest of us just sort of, yeah. it's, but, you know. it's weird to think there's people sat in cinemas in LA watching someone sat there in a Norwich shirt. Yeah. I find that very strange, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's great. And I, I mean, having as knowing the family, which I do a little bit, yeah. um, it is, everyone I've spoken to has said that Nick Frost has got it bang on, but yeah. it's just, it is Ricky. Because they, they play little clips from the original documentary at the end. Yes. And you realise just how nailed on. Oh, yeah. Nicky, um, Nick Frost was. Um, okay, and finally, we have to give it a mark out of... Well, Baz says five, but I like playing with him. <laughs> so, uh, let's, let's give this a mark out of 11 Mexican death masks. <laughs> right, OK. How many, how, many would you, how many death masks would you give it? Uh, so, seeing as this one goes to 11, um, <laughs> we Probably a, a 9.5 or a 10, I'd say. Not, not perfect, but way up there. I, I realised as I, as I nodded sagely in, agree, in agreement that didn't come across well on audio. Um, <laughs> oh, yes, this, this, this is not a visual medium. I've only been doing this for a year, why would I know? Um, yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I, would, I would give it an absolutely solid 10 masks. Uh, it's, I would, it just leads me nicely on to the final point. Would you go and see it again? Absolutely, yeah. I, I think I, I probably will, to be honest. Excellent. I think I may well join you. All right. Oliver, it's been an absolute pleasure. Hopefully we'll see you again. Thank you very much. Thank you.